This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show, the second hour of the Sunday Night Health Show. Thank you so much for being here with me this evening. In this hour, I do have a little prize to give out. And uh, my prize stems from my time spent on Twitter, which is about 25 hours a week. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Twitter is, it is a daily fix for me, though, I have to say. I get my news there. And uh, learn lots on Twitter. Who to thunk? Uh, so one thing that I learned on Twitter was this uh, radio personality, DJ Khaled, uh, had, there was a tweet that had resurfaced from an interview um, from 2015, a Breakfast Club interview, where he proudly declared that while he uh, expects his wife to perform oral sex on him, he does not return the favor. And Twitter exploded. Twitter went crazy. I mean, hello, it's 2018, and if you are not, then somebody else is. So um, that's... Uh, my feeling along with many other people on um, Twitter as well. So in honor of that little tweet, I have a little prize to give out, and I'm going to tell you that in a few minutes what that prize is as soon as I tell you what else is coming up in this hour of the program. We're going to be talking about guilt, some of the 10 things you didn't know about guilt. Uh, Also going to be talking about diabetes and infidelity. And uh, why do younger men go after women uh, that are a bit older than they are. What's that about? And, and uh, in addition to, uh, I, I, was, um, I had a patient who wondered why young men, she was in her mid-40s, and why men 22 to 32 were going after her. In addition to, she wanted me to put out a PSA, in addition to the married guys. <laughs> I said, well, I said, uh, typically the the guys in your age category are married. And she said, um, oh, yeah, they go after me, too. Um, so she didn't want anything to do with them. But she was not so sure about the younger ones. But anyway, also going to be talking about vaginal rejuvenation and, um, and also straight men having gay sex. Going to be reviewing a study about that. And also I wanted to review a, a case of a patient of mine who had uh, a cholecystectomy which is uh, she had her gallbladder removed and she had a fairly complicated case. So I'm going to review her two-year journey with uh, cholelithiasis and the uh, what happened along the way. And that's an interesting case and that leads, it led to lithotripsy. And uh, so I actually posted that on LinkedIn this afternoon and somebody said, lithotripsy, what is that? That is a new word for me. I'm sure they they were thinking it was something else. Uh, so anyway, for those of you brave enough to call, um, I'd like somebody from Alberta to call. <laughs> I think an Albertan needs this. Uh, and in honor of that tweet from DJ Khaled, uh, I have a, a little personal device. It's a premium external massager. And you know what? If somebody won't perform oral sex on you ladies... You need to take your pleasure in your own hands and in style. And the Alia by Layla will do that for you. Uh, so this is what I have. It's actually a, um, it's a, it mimics oral sex uh, for women. It's a, it's a device that actually uh, mimics oral sex for you. So you do not have to go without. The number to call is 604 280 
9898. No, 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 because we want someone from Alberta. And uh, we want the sixth caller, one 9898 to get this little device in honor of it's 2018. And it's important that... Uh, Intimacy is reciprocated. Okay, so, <laughs> and you got to talk to me on the line, by the way, if you um, want to win this prize. Oh yeah, this is a, you got to come on the <laughs> you've got to come on the air because I want to talk to you about what you thought about DJ Khaled's response or his tweet and uh, and how Twitter exploded and should Twitter have exploded um, in response to this. And the other thing is, really? You're actually saying this on Twitter? <laughs> I mean, there's just so much about this. But we want someone from, we want an Albertan to call. I, uh, Andrew's got the lines open. And uh, so I, um, anyway, so if you're from Alberta, you have a way better chance of winning this, uh, this little device. So we need the sixth caller uh, from Alberta. So those are the criteria for this. I'm not sure Andrew realizes that. Um, but anyway, so we've got lots to talk about uh, in this hour and lots of health subjects. And also, you know, I've, uh, I, we are also going to talk about, I just happen to have so many women in my clinical practice these days who are having extramarital affairs. But one of the most interesting ones was, um, uh, one of the most interesting ones was a woman on LinkedIn. I posted something on LinkedIn, actually, that, that got a tremendous number of views. It was actually about a very successful and prominent uh, client of mine, businessman, and how he was living a, a bit of a double life. Uh, he had been sexually abused as a child. And and so a woman wrote to me, uh, sent me a message on LinkedIn, and she said, this sounds like the guy that I'm see that well I that she wanted to be seeing was somebody who had reached out to her after um uh at, years later they had had a bit of a relationship 20 or 25 years ago and so he then all of a sudden he was in another state and um all of a sudden there was no communication and he was he was curt and he was angry online and um and and so she thought that well perhaps he had been sexually abused as a child, and uh, so I said no it sounds more like, um, it actually sounds more like, um, that somebody who's narcissistic. Anyway, so we went back and forth and uh, talking. Um, <laughs> we went back and forth talking about it, and I'm going to explain that. But right now I have. Tam on the line. Hello, Tam. Oh. Um, anyway, so are you... Uh, anyway, so anyway, I'm going to explain what uh, the different types of people you can be in a relationship with. And sometimes you think it's one thing and then it's another. Anyway, this, this guy was married and there were whole lots of things that were going on. But we're going to talk to Tam first. Hello, Tam. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Good, good. So um, what did, you, did you see that tweet that I mentioned? No, I was listening to the radio, and I, I knew that you, you said you had one, so I thought that would be a great gift for my girlfriend. So oh, I'll, well. <laughs> I'll tell you why it would be a good gift for my girlfriend, because she is in Gibson, and I'm in Coquitlam. So we have extended periods of time that, uh, that uh, she's not around, so I'd like to hopefully get her a nice little gift. 
Oh, yeah. well, that is, that, a, wh- that is actually lovely. Yes, because... I so. Yeah, we, you know, we met online, and I, I, I already I thought that the best thing to do would be meet somebody that was closer to you. But you know what? She was a perfect fit. She's a great girl. We're the same age. Everything goes well. But we do have extended periods of time where work, and we don't get to see each other. So we call it when the lights flicker. That means that she's using her little toy, right? So oh. I, I, I know that uh, she's having some fun. Well, isn't that romantic, thinking of you, hopefully? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> of course. I mean, I think the same thing, you know? So, I, I, you know, like, it's basically you got to keep it fun, right? And And keep it open and communication and... And that's what's made a relationship last over 16, 18 months. Oh, nice. And you know what? I think the distance is helpful because you're not there every day, you know, driving each other crazy. It is. And I I, I think when you get to your age of 40s and 50s, when you have a little bit of time, the the, the time that you spend together is a lot more intense and fun. Well, that is fantastic. You know what? I was hell bent on giving this to a woman because, you know, and sort of standing up for women and, yep. and, uh, well, you should. and, but you know what? A woman is going to get this indirectly. Yeah, so I am going to, um, <laughs> I'm going to give it to you, oh, but you. we'll ship it out. So should we ship it out to, well, we'll get the address and everything. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll be online, uh, offline and then everyone will be, hey, for sure. Well, Tam, I really appreciate your call and your honesty and, uh, you know, and, and meeting online. And, you know, I, it sounds like you have a lovely little relationship there. It is. You know what? Like you say, there's lots of, you know, I mean, we don't argue anything like that. We have disagreements, but that's nothing. It's nothing major. And you know what? Make it work. Keep the communication open 100%. It'll always work out. So Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, perfect. So my little prize package ends up with... A woman. So that's great. So I I really appreciate the calls and your emails. And I'm going to read some of your emails uh, to you as well. Earlier, I had mentioned uh, a couple of times I've mentioned that we're going to be talking about straight men who have gay sex. And I did actually receive an email from somebody. uh, Dear Maureen, I have been married to a woman for a few years. Uh, But before that and after, I have always been curious about sex with men. I've been having safe sex with men, and I find it very enjoyable. A couple of years into our marriage, my wife had an affair with a man, and I found out about it. I was very upset at first, but we talked about it and discussed it at great length, and we ended up having a threesome. During the second threesome that we had, I felt his penis. He didn't mind, and we ended up having sex. Then I started seeing the guy regularly for a while as well. And it was amazing. Even though I've been with different guys before him, I have absolutely no problems playing with whomever. Thank you, George, for that email. Uh, Yes, I'm going to be talking about a study that uh, revealed the percentage of straight men who have gay sex. And uh, so we're we're seeing this more and more these days and also going to be talking about some of the other um, issues, some of the other things around uh, that occur with men. But um, I wanted to tell you about a a patient of mine that is having an affair with a man, a married man. They're both married, actually. And, And so he, right from the beginning, said, don't 
don't post on my Facebook page, don't comment on anything. And, you know, obviously he wants to keep this uh, private. They have aliases. They, I'm, I'm not condoning or giving a little lesson on how to have an extramarital affair, but it's just interesting how people do it. So they, they have aliases. They email each other back and forth with, a, with an encrypted program. And, and um, her children are grown up. They're, they're the same age, but he had children later in life, and, and her children are already grown. And, and she is thinking about... Uh, him leaving his wife and and them ending up together. She's thinking about leaving her husband and and so I prior to my knowing the the story, I was you know saying things like, well, you know, men never leave. Men have sex, you know, outside. Men in sexless marriages have sex outside of the marriage to remain in the marriage, and and also men typically don't leave. Or or oftentimes you hear a man will say, well, I can't leave yet because my, um, you know, my child hasn't graduated from high school. And then it's like, well, how old is the child? Well, the child is four years old. You know, so that's so that was the case in this situation. She said, oh, when you said that, it made me think. You know, his kids are in elementary school and mine are in university, and and uh, so. They, you know, so she was like, oh, she's really thinking that she's going to end up with this guy. And and I'm not thinking that. I'm thinking this guy is going to remain married. Uh, he belongs to a yacht club. He's a big sailor. He, um, he um, you know, has, has a life. And, and so he's also got these fears, things that she told me that he's got these fears that, you know, they're going to be found out and he doesn't want that to happen. So anyway, just, you know, go in with eyes wide open. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath here hosting this program for you. I wanted to talk to you about a new study that is out of North Carolina and the University of Missouri. And it demonstrated that a significant number of straight men have gay sex. The analysis of 24,000 undergraduate students revealed that of the men whose last hookup was with a male partner, one in eight defined as heterosexual. The figure is twice as high for women, according to research, and mainly in part because women, uh, it is thought that women are more likely to experience orgasm when they are with another woman. And that is one in four. So uh, amongst women, one in four whose last sexual experience was a lesbian one identified as straight. And this is is important research uh, because it's, you know, people are not necessarily living true to themselves. This research was done by Ariel Cooperberg, uh, the professor of sociology at the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, and as well Alicia M. Walker, assistant professor of sociology at Missouri State University. It was published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior, Heterosexual College Students, whose hookup with same-sex partners listed some characteristics of people who would have sexual relations with same-sex partners but continue to self-identify as straight. And these... Tellingly, these included more conservative attitudes, and that there were there also it demonstrated that there were particular types of straight people who would engage in gay sex, and there were three types, comprising sixty percent of the students. They could be classified as mostly private sexual experimentation among amongst those with little prior same sex experience, including some who did not enjoy the encounter. The other two types in the 
group enjoyed the encounter but differed on differed on the level of uh, drunkenness and a desire for a future relationship with their partner. Some of the hookups were explained away as performative bisexuality by women, and, uh, but this factor made up just a small minority, uh, about 12%. More than one in four, so 28%, had strong religious practices and or beliefs that may preclude a non-heterosexual identity, including 7% who exhibited internalized heterosexism. You know, there there have been studies that uh, have revealed that no one is 100% heterosexual. So it's, you know, this is, this is interesting. It's another way that people are not feeling that they can live necessarily true to themselves. It's also beneficial because uh, kids can, you know, start to learn to express their sexuality. Um, we want to, you know, we want people to live... Uh, true to who they are. Um, you know, sometimes it seems that people may live one way, but uh, believe they have to report themselves in another way. And that can lead to illness and troubles and other issues. So um, so it's interesting. Uh, and I appreciate your emails about that and, and your honesty around it as well, because that helps other people. I wanted to read this email, uh, and I'm going to talk about diabetes when I come back. I'm a woman in my late 50s and diabetic for the past 20 years. I've been taking insulin for the last 18. I am very disinterested in sex. Because of my lack of desire, my husband has had extramarital affairs over the years, now I have sex whenever he wants, but I have hardly had an orgasm. How can I improve the situation? I want to make this better. I am seriously concerned about my marriage. And you know, uh, the, the sex in the marriage and the health, and once again, we see that the two are tied. And of course, people with diabetes will have issues with sex because it's about blood flow. Sex is about blood flow. And with the sugar swirling around, it can damage the blood vessels. It can damage organs. There are so many things. So I want to talk to you about a new study that uh, demonstrates how uh, you, you can be diagnosed much earlier and how what, what are the things we need to do to actually diagnose people earlier and make them better and have less complications. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. We are in the final strokes of the program, and I have Lois on the line. Hello, Lois. Um, it's, I guess this is my husband's and my problem. Yes. Um, we're in our late 60s. He has erectile dysfunction, and I have a drying up hole in, I don't know how to say it. Vaginal dryness? Yes. But, but the whole thing to be shrinking, too. Yes. There's a condition called genitourinary syndrome of menopause, mm -hmm. and that affects about, well, vaginal dryness can affect about 70 to 80% of women. Um, it, it can happen at different times. But the genitourinary syndrome of menopause is because the estrogen receptors have de decreased or diminished in the urogenital tract, and it can actually make things dry up, make your introitus, so the opening to your vagina, tighter and smaller. It feels that way, yeah. Yeah, and it can make for painful sex as well. Yeah. It can feel like sandpaper. So there are a number of treatments. I'm glad you um, called about this question because I was going to review re vaginal re rejuvenation, so I'm going to do it right now. Um, there are personal moisturizers you can use. They're over the counter. Or like you that lady, lady bee doesn't work. It's like you, keep, you have to keep applying it and applying it. And here's another thing. 
I don't like the metallic taste of some of the the lubricants. Okay. That my, that my husband right bought. Okay. I'm not going to suggest lubricants for you. Okay. I mean, I'm a bit of a lubricant evangelist, and that's fine. But that's for another reason. But for your in your situation, you probably need to be examined. Um, number one, have a, a gynecologist take a look at you, mm-hmm. um, and also um, low low dose localized estrogen therapy is the treatment for uh, genitourinary syndrome of menopause or a personal moisturizer. You know, um, there's a number of them that have been approved by Health Canada that contain particular uh, ingredients that um, work. So a a personal moisturizer or localized low-dose estrogen therapy, you'll need a prescription from that from your doctor. So speak to your doctor about that. But also... When I was going through menopause, like in the midst of it, Mm -hmm. I was taking some cream. Then I stopped it because I, I don't know why, maybe because my husband got this Dysfunction, it's yeah, erectile dysfunction, but it's still a health issue. This is, you know, this is uh, important for women whether they are sexually active with another person or not. Okay. Uh, so, and it's also one of the things that the it sounds like your doctor had prescribed a low dose localized estrogen therapy for you. But what, that was like about a year or two ago. Yep, it's lifelong therapy, and that's something that isn't realized by patients that that is. Uh, you know, to be taken for the rest of your life because this is the only condition of menopause that doesn't go away. And it will worsen as time goes on. And there are other symptoms such as recurrent urinary tract infection, thin watery discharge, burning, itching. Okay. And so, but the other thing is if your introitus has gotten small, you may need uh, to use a uh, a three-pronged approach, which is the localized estrogen therapy, a personal moisturizer, and uh, vaginal dilators. So um, that's the treatment for that. So I highly recommend you be examined by somebody by who has, yes, um, and and perhaps start back on the prescription that you were uh, given a couple of years ago. Now, your husband's erectile dysfunction, did you want help with that or are you, uh, are you good with that? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you no, good with matter. that? It doesn't matter. He's no. listening and I don't care. He, what's that? I said he's listening and I don't care. <laughs> he, he's been given a prescription for your Vi- Viagra. Yes. And he, the, the doctor said he's okay. It's okay if he breaks an one and a half, take one and a half or right. two. And he's scared to. He's scared he, he'll have a heart attack or something. Oh, no. No, and no, no. Viagra's a safe medication. In fact, when I do presentations, I have this one slide that I often put up, and it's a coffin, but the guy's still have The guy's dead, but all you can see is his erect penis <laughs> <laughs> because it carries on, and it gives the message. It's a safe medication, and that's the purpose of that slide. It is Viagra is safe. It will, you know, it's a, it's a vasodilator, and it does have side effects, though, and it has side effects like piloerection, so goosebumps, um, heart, Pounding heart rate, headache, nasal congestion, and and so those can be quite bothersome. Flushing, so people don't like the feel of that. So that's why. He, but he he had like he was given two or three boxes, and he's only maybe taken done it. I think we did it once at oh. Christmas, just between Christmas and New Year's. <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year! No, <laughs> okay. First of all, this is a these are great questions because I educate on this all the time. Um, and and obviously not everybody's hearing or listening. Um, men need to take the PD five inhibitors, which is the class of medications that Viagra falls into, and Cialis and Levitra and Staxin. Yes. Um, so they need to take those five to six times before they're going to be effective. They are also effective in 
only in a testosterone-rich environment. And you have to be psychologically aroused as a guy for them to work. So that's a little threesome there okay. for that to work. Now, there's a lucky guy. He's gotten three boxes of it because it's an expensive medication. No um, kidding, I know. But there are other treatments uh, for erectile dysfunction. But it also, you know, you really need to talk to the physician to see if, um, you know, you need to talk to your doctor well, about this. he's been back to the doctor three times. He's been back three times? Yeah. And what are his questions? What, what, what are his uh, questions? He's too shy. Oh, he's too shy. Oh, he hasn't actually asked the question. So you're doing it for him. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, the thing is, we'll get the two of you having sex again. <laughs> the only couple in Canada having sex. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so you need to have your vaginal health taken care of, and he needs to actually not be afraid of the prescription medication that has been provided and I th- by his doctor. And what I've said to him, Oh, you're having hot flushing. That goes away. Gee, I have that every every once in a while still. And and I've got a fan at a bed, a fan in my purse. I don't care. It's just right. the way it is. And is he flushing from the uh, Viagra? That's what he that's what he says. And you know what? Oftentimes those side effects will go away uh, after they've taken after their body has become accustomed to that medication. So oh. Okay. You know, so anyway, he's lucky. He's got three boxes of Viagra. You know, he's the envy of a lot of men out there. <laughs> I've, got, I've got another question. This yep. is my, my, my problem. I don't know if it's psychological or not. He likes me to go down on him. Mm-hmm. And I'm squeamish about it. And I, when, I guess in our earlier years, I used to say, okay, if I put something on your thing, maybe... And I look it off, maybe I'll, I can do it, but maybe it's just his. What do you put on? Like chocolate or honey or something oh, like that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were putting, I had a patient who one time wanted to put a, 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 a supermarket bag on his penis. Um, is he okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Are you okay with it? Yeah, but that's still... It still grosses me out. I don't know why it grosses me out. Maybe it's something psycho- psychological. Maybe it's because when he he gets right into it, mm-hmm. almost like it's a porn, 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 porn. pornographic. Yes, and he's making these noises and, and he's I'm enjoying like, oh. it. <laughs> no, but. it's like a guy's favorite thing next to money <laughs> or beer <laughs> or a remote control. <laughs> In that order, okay, food. But- <laughs> what I'm saying is, oh, yeah, but I, I, I don't know how to enjoy it, I guess. Yeah, you're not the first woman who has not enjoyed that. I've, I hear that uh, repeatedly from uh, patients in my clinical practice. And you know what? Maybe applying mindfulness and maybe having some enjoyment in that you're pleasing your husband who you love and care for and, and are attracted to. Um, and, and that is a typical response to, you know, to be enjoying it. You want to have sex with somebody who's actually enjoying it, not somebody who is, you know, um, do, yeah, it was doing it for duty, you know, from a dutiful well, perspective. Well, or, we had a pastor that said, uh, said to that to me, well, are you performing your, this was when we were in my early years of marriage, are you performing your wifely duties? I'm thinking, oh my gosh, is that a duty? I don't want to do that. Well, I really don't like that pastor. There's no wifely duty here. I mean, I, I take issue with that. Yeah. It is, uh, it's about sexuality and sexual attraction and chemistry and pleasure of one another. Neither one of you have a duty. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, a desire 
uh, to do that. And so it's not, you know, it, it, it should be something, you know, you can, you know, view the positive aspects of it. Um, you know, is it, it, it can turn you on as well. Um, it, it can really bring out the intimacy in a couple, uh, and really bring you closer. And, and, you know, I would seek enjoyment out of his pleasure. Okay. I'll try. And then just go buy some more chocolate fudge sauce <laughs> from, from the supermarket. Uh, Whipped cream uh, but, or I a mean, grapefruit. You can cut a hole in the middle of a grapefruit. Oh, I don't think I'd do that. And put that on his penis. And it, oh, it can be stimulating. Question. Yes, he, you're he, full of questions. Yeah, but because I haven't, I've been listening to you for a long time and I haven't, it's like I'm bubbling in the fur. <laughs> go ahead. Um, oh, what was I going to say? I'm sorry. Um, somebody told me that, that, oh, oh, I know it was him. He, he used to say to me, well, if you're hungry, I'll give you something to eat. Meaning is come, of course. <laughs> and I, and he'd go, there's lots of protein in it. And it would taste good because I had this and I had that to eat night before or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we did it, if I did anything to him that night or not, but I just remember that so clearly. clearly yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's it, you know, it's dirty talk. Yeah. You know, sometimes you like it, sometimes you don't. Um, yeah. There can be different tastes. You know, many women describe different tastes um, of ejaculate or semen. Mm-hmm. Uh, can taste like metal. It can taste like chlorine. But it can taste no, like there's no no um, theory to it. It's not it's not been proven or anything. Well, no. Some people describe different flavors, and and it sometimes it can be related to what somebody has consumed. I mean, oh. yeah. There's okay. not a, a whole lot of some can be acidic and and bitter, and in fact, it's um quite often acidic and and bitter tasting. But um, I assume that to be that it's been he's been stressed or something. <laughs> It, it, you think it changes flavor when he's stressed? Yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how he deals with the stress. <laughs> yeah, it could. Um, but, you know, some some women enjoy it, some don't. You know what? It's fine. Whatever works for you. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for all of your questions. I really appreciate them. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. We so much to say, so little time. We're in the final strokes here. Um, I really appreciated Lois's call because so many women have those issues around vaginal health, and it's really important. And something I did want to mention as well, in addition to low-dose localized estrogen therapy and potentially using um, a, a dilator and personal moisturizers, there are some other treatments available today as well for women's vaginal health. Um, l- there's laser therapy uh, for women that is performed in a doctor's office, and that is uh, specifically approved by Health Canada for for treatment of uh, vaginal atrophy or genitourinary syndrome of menopause, GSM. They're known by either name. The vaginal atrophy, or VA, is the older name, and the genitourinary syndrome of menopause is the newer name because it encompasses more of the symptoms that go along with, with that um, 
condition that affects so many women. Um, Also, for women who have had babies and may be experiencing vaginal laxity, and and sometimes with laxity, you may get uh, leakage of urine as well. Uh, So there's um, radiofrequency treatment for women uh, to deal with the laxity. Vaginal laxity can lead to decreased sexual sensation. So a lot of women say, it just doesn't feel the same as it did before I I delivered my 11-pound, 9-ounce baby. (laughs) Who did that? I wonder. Um, Anyway... So it just doesn't feel the same. And so vaginal, uh, so radio frequency can actually help to uh, increase the circulation, plump up the tissues, restore it back to um, the pre-pregnancy, pre-vaginal delivery. But also aging and genetics are contributors to vaginal laxity as well. And many women leak urine with that. So uh, they're having great results with um, that radio frequency um, for vaginal laxity, leakage, and also um, their with laser therapy for the GSM or the vaginal atrophy. So um, lots of options for women today, which is was something that I love. And speaking of um, low sexual desire, I, I read an email just a little bit earlier, and, I, and I've been trying to get to it, sorry, but um, uh, from a woman who said that uh, in her marriage, uh, her husband says her husband has had numerous affairs because she has diabetes, and they obviously were in a sexless marriage, and she had low sexual desire. She did mention that she's having sex with him now, um, all, all that whenever he wants it, but she doesn't feel anything. And you know, we don't want that. You know, sex is for you too, ladies. I'm learning that this is the most profound thing that I say to my patients. I say a lot to my patients in my clinical practice. But when I say that, sex is for you. It's The pleasure is for you. Sex is for you to enjoy. Women are just astounded. And I can't believe it. This is women of all ages um, are really surprised that I say that. So sex is for you. If it's not enjoyable, it's either about the person you're having sex with or it's about uh, the situation that's going on in your life, or it's uh, that you're not uh, as vulnerable, or that perhaps your life is too busy, or you feel guilty, or you feel shame. And I didn't even get to the guilt tonight because of all your great calls, but um, but we'll get to that. Guilt, I say, is a wasted emotion. And I did have a woman who called me, and, and she had ordered, she was with a man, uh, she was married to a man who didn't want to have sex with her, so she ordered a womanizer from my website, and she called and she felt guilty for the order. Fortunately, it had had already shipped and uh and she was surprised that i had answered the phone anyway and i said i know who you are you just ordered the best little sex toy out there and um she said and i because i happened to have you know sent it that day as soon as i get the order i send them out but um she said oh i'm feeling guilty i'm feeling really badly that um you know that here i have a husband who let's parentheses, won't have sex with me, um, won't have sex with her. And so she's saying, how can I, how, you know, I felt so badly about ordering a sex toy. And, uh, you know, man, you can be replaced by machine. Uh, so anyway, I alleviated her of all guilt and, um, and said, you know, it's a complete waste of time. And besides, you know, doesn't he feel guilty for not dealing with his medical issues, um, around having sex? So he had erectile dysfunction issues. He also had diabetes. Today, there are 11 million Canadians that live with diabetes or pre-diabetes, every three minutes, another Canadian is diagnosed. And so you probably know somebody that has diabetes. It's a chronic disease in which the body either cannot produce insulin or cannot properly use the insulin that it produces. And insulin is a hormone that controls the amount of glucose or sugar in the blood, and diabetes leads to high blood sugar levels. It can damage organs, blood vessels. As we know, sex is about blood vessels, and it can also damage nerves. And so that's why oftentimes women don't, they lack the sexual sensation, um, 
when they have diabetes, but they can also have vaginal health issues as well. So it's important to keep the blood flowing. And so that's why sex toys are often quite important um, as an addendum to your sex life, um, because it actually can help the blood flowing, keep things going there. It's also diet and exercise are also very important. Mindfulness is very important as well to increase sexual desire. Um, You can cultivate sexual desire. So it's really important. Um, There's also, there's type 1 diabetes and there's type 2 diabetes and type Type 1 diabetes is when the immune system mistakenly attacks and kills the beta cells of the pancreas, and so no insulin is released into the body or very little, and therefore the sugar builds up in the bloodstream instead of being used as energy. And also there's type 2 diabetes, which occurs when the body can't properly use the insulin that is released. So typically we see that type 2 is uh, adult onset diabetes, and type 1 is typically diagnosed in childhood. There's also gestational diabetes. That's the third type of diabetes. And it's a temporary condition that occurs during pregnancy. And between 3 and 20% of pregnant women develop gestational diabetes dependent on their risk factors. So there are so many complications of diabetes. um, And so it's important that I think I'm going to have to take this subject because this is a greater subject and actually carry it over until next week. I did have another um, uh, situation I wanted to tell you about. I didn't get to that either about the patient who'd had a cholecystectomy. She had quite a complicated case. It was infected her gallbladder. She had it removed, but a couple of stones were left in. And so for two years, she had suffered with pain. She went back to the surgeon who said everything was fine, but it turned out she was, she had a bone marrow biopsy as a result because she had chronic, she had anemia of chronic infection. And in the end, she had two stones that were left in, and they actually did lithotripsy, which is extracorporeal shock therapy. Um, it's a technique for treating stones in the kidney and ureter, typically, and, and so you don't have to have surgery. So anyway, she ended up having that for gallstones, which is not typically done. It's typically done for one, but they did it for two. A urologist did it. Anyway, you know, sometimes you have to be an advocate for yourself. Also, the woman whose um, only young men were after her, you know what? Hey, you still got it, honey. Don't worry about that. I said, if you're attracted to them, go for it. But anyway, the show is up. Uh, we're, we're off like a prom dress, Andrew. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Andrew, for a great job tonight. You can go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. You can also follow me on Twitter, at back the number two, the bedroom. And remember, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I'm Maureen McGrath. You've been listening to the Sunday Night Health Show. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.